0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal Impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Hello Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Look at us. Thursday edition. Do you have Thursday socks? You know what? Uh no, not yet. Not yet.
1: Not yet. We'll we'll have to get some Thursday socks. We'll have to to figure this out. Okay,
0: so here we are, day four of our text talk in Matthew chapter 3. Yeah, we're looking at Matthew chapter 3, talking about the uh, introduction of John the Baptist and his ministry here in Matthew's account of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been highlighting fulfillment of prophecies from from Isaiah, from Malachi, we began to look yesterday at the great multitudes coming out to hear John preach this message of repentance, responding in baptism, and finding that there was just all sorts of people there. I mean, you've got the people who are clearly longing to hear the word of this prophet and obey it, but then you've got some others we just got to wonder about, like the Pharisees, like the Sadducees, the religious elite, and John calls them Brood of vipers. Mm. Now, I've been preaching for a few years, and I've never begun a sermon, brood, brood of, of vipers. vipers. But I've never preached a room of Pharisees either, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a time and a place.
1: I'm sure there is. <laughs> hey, okay. Before I jump into today's reading and get to today's conversation, something you just said there in our recap made me think about again this prophecy idea. Yeah, j- trying to. to To dig a little deeper on that and get it settled in our minds, just how profound and intense and pervasive that idea is. Because, you know, we pointed out that John actually, he didn't just fulfill Isaiah 40 and Malachi 4. He didn't just fulfill a couple of sentences. You know, in in his very clothing, he fulfilled the story of Elijah. He he's looks like a, a type. Yeah. And, a fulfillment. We're, and so we're, we're seeing, so we, we've got to be thinking in this idea of fulfillment, that it's not just find a sentence, find where the same thing happened. It's listen to the story and see the story happen again mm. in Jesus and in the events surrounding Jesus. There is a whole lot of that. So that just, yeah, I mean, it's
0: profound here. Well, and, and there you bring, I mean, it makes me think of the point you just made. So true. The irony then, that of all the people who can't see John for who he is and Jesus for who he is, yeah. it's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> who, absolutely. Who
0: should know these scriptures better than anyone?
1: Well, you know, we mentioned the other day that John is actually laying out a choice, and Matthew's pointing out they have a choice. They'll either repent or, you know, there's going to be destruction that's yeah. going to come yeah. upon uh, upon the land. And you're at, in Matthew, you're left wondering, okay, what's going to happen next? So maybe we should look forward to see how they treat John.
0: Mm-hmm. to see
1: which direction this is actually mm. going for them.
0: Yeah, good point. I think good we're going to see that.
1: Okay, uh, so so moving into what I hope to talk about today, because I really, I, I want to talk to you about something today that I hope will actually be very encouraging for you. It's very encouraging for me. I hope everybody listening in on our conversation, it will encourage them greatly. I want to find it again in Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. All so right. That's, that's what I want to read for us today to remember this point. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, "'You brood of vipers.'" There's your phrase. Yeah. "'Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, "'We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham.'" Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, for he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire."
0: Boy, there's an amazing thing there, just as you're reading, that it you know it hits me, and that is a, a clarification here of what it means to be the people of God, the the true people of God. This idea of being sons of Abraham, you know, that was an identifier, a marker for the people of God, that they had this genealogy and this lineage. They go back to Abraham, whom God chose, whom God made the promises to. We know we're God's people because we are the nation that was promised to Abraham. But he says he can raise up sons from stones. What's he interested in? These fruit of repentance, this good works. It's people that actually look and act and love like God, like their father, not people who can point to some type of record book and a birth certificate and say, well, look, look I'm, I'm the people of God. John
1: anticipates an objection. Mm. the objection is, look, we don't have to listen to you. We're children of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And we know the promises are for the children of Abraham. And so, yeah, okay, yeah, repent, whatever. I'll do what I want. I am a child of Abraham. I think I've shared this story with you before. I had a really, really good friend named Vic Campbell. He was one of the elders at the congregation in Beaumont when I was there. He has since died Mm -hmm. and is with the Lord Jesus, and I'm very thankful for that, for his behalf. He's a great, great, great fellow. Loved him to death. I remember he was telling me about his childhood because he was from Britain, Mm. and he remembered as a child asking his mom about salvation and being right with the Lord, and he said that his mom patted him on the head and said, Victor, you don't have to worry about that. You're British. (laughs) I mean, it really was this idea, hey, we are God's chosen people, so it just doesn't matter. Look, you don't have to worry about repentance and church and living your life in any certain way. You're British. It's okay. And that's the idea that John is anticipating here, that that these Pharisees and these Sadducees are going to say, I'm Jewish. Mm. I'm an offspring Mm. of Abraham. I am a child of the promises. So, hey, it doesn't matter what I do with your teaching. I'm okay. Okay. Mhm. John's response to that. Yeah. Very clearly, don't don't take a whole lot of rest in that. Look, God can God can bring up children from Abraham out of these stones. Right. And in fact, what he's actually saying to them is is that it it's not about your biological background of whether you're really children of Abraham. It's about whether God says you're a child of Abraham.
0: So that just uh, real quick that was something we talked about last week in Matthew 2. The uh, wise men, the magi, they had come from the east. They come from other nations. Here we are in chapter 3, and John is preaching to Jewish audience, but making this point, it's not because of who your ancestors are. Okay, we're setting up that this message is more than just, or more than just for the Jews. I want to make a little side
1: trip here. This is when we were reading it. Mm-hmm. This this thought hit me, but then we kind of moved along, and I thought, well, we're past it. But actually, I think it goes right along with this. As we were reading this, I remembered we we talked yesterday about connecting back to Psalm one or, uh-huh. or the day yeah. before. I can't remember when it was now, but uh, I actually remembered as we were reading it today, Psalm fifty two. And in Psalm 52, that's the one where David has the contrast of the one tree that is uprooted versus him being a planted green olive tree right. in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he is talking in that Psalm. We're not quite sure if it's Doeg or Saul or maybe a combination of both. But I remember when we talked about Psalm 52 way back in season two, that uh, we, we highlighted that Saul was that one who had been the Psalm 1 tree,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he had abandoned the Lord right. and the tree was uprooted. And that's, we're actually seeing that idea here. Here's Saul, who is biologically a child of Abraham. He's even chosen by God to be the king. king. He has all this opportunity to be everything mm-hmm. that God wanted him to be and he squandered it and the tree is uprooted. John brings the same imagery. We've got all these trees, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you're not bearing fruit, the tree is going to be cut down, and really, you're actually going to be nothing more than chaff.
0: Yeah. You're, you're going to be, be burned, burned up. in a, an unquenchable fire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, good connection.
1: I had said that I wanted our conversation today to be more encouraging. I feel like it hasn't quite been encouraging yet. So, let me get to the part that well, I thought I, might I, be encouraging. I disagree.
0: I find myself quite edified.
1: Well, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So, there's another side of this that I think is just beautiful. Yeah. And that is if if God can take the stones of the Jordan Mm -hmm. and make children of the promise out of them, make children of Abraham, make offspring out of them, well, who else can he do that
0: with? Yeah, he could do that with you and with me. Yes. He could do that with Gentiles. That was one of the things I was thinking, the the callback to the Magi. This is for other people that they can be sons of the promise, sons of Abraham by faith. And so
1: to me, the very encouraging part of this is that sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I can't be saved. Mm. I can't be used. God, what, what, what am I good for? What am I good for? Look, God can take this table. Mm -hmm. If he wants to. Right. And and turn it into a child of Abraham that he uses for his glory, for his kingdom purposes in amazing ways. That means, Andrew, he can do that with you. He can do that with me. He can do that with anyone. But of course, now, look, the key is here. I mean, this is still in the context of. Repent. That's right. So, so we're. I, I don't. I don't want anybody to walk away from this saying that. Oh, I can just go on with my life doing whatever pleases me, and God will use me in this way. But I. I, I really want to highlight if we repent, if we surrender to God, if we hand our lives over to Him, if we say the kingdom is here and I want in, we come asking, seeking, and knocking.
0: God's not going to turn us away. There's this beautiful picture. Of, the, of how God would use us and build us into something magnificent and for his glory. Mm. In 1 Peter chapter 2, oh. there where it's talking about Christians, mm-hmm. people who are the sons of Abraham by faith, sons of the promise through Christ, and they are called living stones. In 1 Peter 2, in verse 4, "...coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious." You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is a tremendous
1: connection. A beautiful, beautiful picture. And so I can make children—God can make children of Abraham out of these stones, and he can make living stones out of us who are the children of Abraham through Jesus Christ. Of course, Galatians 3 talks Mm. about that idea of being children of Abraham. Let me see if I can get over to that real quickly. Uh, Oh. No, okay. I thought I, I no, saw I, I saw three on your page. I thought, oh, maybe he was already thinking of that and has already made it there. Yeah. So in verse 23, Galatians 3, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to the promise. Mm, Praise God. So if I want to be an offspring of Abraham, I can. He, He can make offspring of Abraham out of stones. He can make one out of me. Mm -hmm. I need to repent and be baptized. I need to be baptized into Christ, clothed with Christ, Christ, Christ in me, Christ around me, Christ over me and under me and my foundation and my life and governing me. And I need to be living by that faith. No one should turn away thinking that God can't make them a child of this promise and God can't grow them and use them. He can do that.
0: Absolutely. Amen. So glad that you joined us today for Text Talk. Go over to the uh, Facebook group, see what uh, people are sharing about their uh, reading of the text, or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for your power which you use for goodness. And we see in this message of John the Baptist, Father, how serious it is to be before you in your word. We pray, God, that we might repent and bear fruit worthy of repentance, but we are greatly encouraged that by the promise of your Scripture and the power of the Gospel, we can be your children, sons of Abraham, sons of promise, that in faith and in baptism we are children of God and we are clothed in Christ. And we pray, Father, that we might walk in a way that brings that glory to your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.